to Truck Talk with Bendix, a regular podcast series from Bendix designed to help you better understand key topics in the commercial trucking industry today. I'm your host, Denise Rondini, Keith McComsey, Director of Marketing and Customer Solutions for WheelEnd at Bendix, is joining me to talk about converting from drum brakes to air disc brakes. Welcome, Keith. Fleets today seem to be more interested in air disc brakes. Why do you think that is? Fleets are really starting to recognize the air disc brake performance benefits, specifically regarding stopping distance, and then also their total cost of ownership benefits related to things like extended service intervals and lower maintenance costs. Some of the larger fleets have reviewed air disc brakes on a smaller scale with you know a handful of units, and then they're now ready to start specking air disc brake units on new builds in larger volumes. Also, you know, some have been using it for a number of years and, and have really had great success in the things I mentioned earlier, like stopping distance, performance, safety, and the lower maintenance costs. So I'm hearing that fleets want to know if they can convert their drum brake equipped tractor or truck to air disc brakes. Is that even possible to do? And if so, what's involved in making the switch? Yes, it is possible, but it really, really needs to have an in-depth review of what the current vehicle makeup is. So we need to look at it from an engineering perspective to know information like, uh, you know, what kind of suspensions are currently on the vehicle, you know, so we can understand packaging, so we could provide direction on some of the right components. One thing that would certainly help is if it's a vehicle that's from a model year where air disc brakes were already offered or existing on that model. And then we could certainly solicit the help from the OEM to gain a better understanding of the packaging. But one thing on the truck and tractor side that's helpful is that the brake system mounting components like the brake spiders or the air disc brake mounting torque plate, those components are bolted onto an axle flange plate. So that makes it at least a little bit easier in swapping out components uh, should a fleet or a customer want to go down that road. We'd also need to understand some things like brake orientation, and that's tied in with the packaging. But one of the real first questions that would need some answering is is what combination of brake components uh, are on the vehicle. And so in order to understand that, a fleet or an owner would need to have the VIN number of the vehicle. And then that VIN number really has all the information that the OEM has as far as how the vehicle is built and what was specced on it. And then once that is understood, and we could start to recommend components and things of that nature to uh, start that dialogue on what you know, the fleet's real intention is for converting over to air disc brakes. Are they looking for just to go with a front steer only? Are they looking to convert all their wheel ends on the vehicle over to air disc brakes? You know, and ha- start to have that dialogue to get a good understanding of what they're looking at. And then once that review is conducted and it's understood, you know, what's involved in the conversion, then we can start to suggest air disc brake components, you know, what chamber sizes are required, crack pressures that are associated with the system, so that the fleet could then understand, here's what's all involved in the conversion, and then they can start to determine if that's a direction that they would like to go. It's hard to provide a clear direction in an answer like this for something that requires a lot of added information. So, you know, getting answers to a lot of those questions, because there's a lot of variation between fleet specs, and then some fleets uh, utilize uh, a number of OEs within their fleet. So each OE has different portions of brake systems, you know, compared to other OEs. So understanding all that uh, are important up front in order to provide fleets uh, that information to give them an opportunity for a direction on a conversion. Tell me, how can the fleet find out what brake components are already on the truck? 
So as long as they have the VIN number of the vehicle, they can take that VIN number to any dealership that would be associated with the vehicle that they have. So if they have a Navistar vehicle, if they went to a Navistar dealership, they could provide the VIN to them and request to get a build sheet for that VIN. And then that build sheet would outline for them all the specs that are on that vehicle. Now, let's move on to the trailer. What's involved in converting a trailer with drum brakes to air disc brakes? So now on the trailer side, things get a little bit more complicated, mostly because, as I was explaining on the truck side, the brake spiders and air disc brake mounting brackets are bolted on. On the trailer side, they're welded on. Those components are welded onto the trailer axle. So really, rather than just the brake system components being involved in the discussion, now we're expanding that to the axle, where the only way to get an axle with the appropriate mounting plate on it would be to order a new axle. So then that bracket could be utilized to mount the air disc brake components. Depending on the type of trailer or the type of suspension on the trailer, if it was a mechanical spring ride suspension or an air ride suspension, it may also require a different set of suspension beams depending on which system it is. In some cases, the axle is already welded to the suspension beams. So now we're expanding really the cost of that conversion to not only just the brake components but beyond to other ancillary components like axle and suspensions. In my opinion, those costs are starting to grow, and so uh, that total cost being expanded to beyond uh, the brake components, it starts to beg the question of, is, is it worth the investment now to make that conversion? And that's something the fleet would have to consider. Keith, it sounds like there could be some significant costs involved in that switch. Is there some way to mitigate those costs? Yes, the fleet would still see if they did make that conversion, they would still see the, the safety benefits and gain the, the savings as relative to extended service intervals and lower maintenance costs. And it's really hard. You can't really put a price tag on safety. So safety costs, when you talk about accidents, uh, those could get pretty high. And having a system like air disc brakes could help mitigate some of those costs depending on the type of accident. However, in most cases, cost for parts and labor for a retrofit may be too high to get a true return on the investment, which a lot of fleets use that type of analysis in determining if they want to add high-performance products or, or optional products to their fleet. I've been talking to Keith McComsey, Director of Marketing and Customer Solutions, WheelN. Thanks for chatting with me, Keith. I'm Denise Rondini, and thank you for joining us for Truck Talk with Bendix. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Google Play, and discover how Bendix Solutions can help you improve performance, increase safety, and lower your total cost of ownership when you visit knowledge-doc.com. That's knowledge-doc.com.